the little girl asks like why did you have to leave and this for me is huge that it says because i stopped feeling free he said papan said there's someone in charge of cuba that didn't let him say what he wanted or pray like he wanted or even sing like he wanted that's why papan and pedro left etc etc and then it goes on into like why he won't leave here but that seems so silly yeah but, but it, i mean it's the root of like why we're all here yeah and like it was a huge thing for publish publishers are like oh that's that's a lot i'm like you know it's these things that are just like the truth that don't end up in books you know and i it was important for me that that ended up in a kids book and now i'm like showing this to kids and there's kids that come up to me and they're like can you tell me more why is there a bad leader in cuba because they're interested and that to me is like wow this opens up a whole other conversation for kids and their parents and an understanding of an island that they might not you know otherwise right. hear what the mainstream narrative is telling them you might be listening this is background noise to pan kong podcast my name is nick jimenez i am joined as always by host alleged chef and 8th grade basketball mvp michael beltran michael beltran say hello to the people hello people today we are joined by guest vanessa garcia she is a playwright she's an author and she has just written a children's book as i mentioned to her earlier we have had many guests who have written books but finally we have someone who made a work that is more our reading level <laughs> thank yeah. you very much for that you're welcome <laughs> uh so that's where i step all the way out of the thing and uh just to let people know that we're going to attempt to get two episodes out of this sit down Uh, so the idea is that we'll talk about the book, but then we will record immediately afterward, but release like a week later. Um, maybe we'll reverse it if we end up getting into like really timely Cuba stuff. Okay. Um, we'll see. Because I also the book is also timely. Um, who may, it's a shit show. We might release them simultaneously. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> but we'll we'll do one episode book Double and one episode feature. Cuba. Eight. All right, all right, all right. I'm out. That's it. <laughs> Well, I mean, before you just say you're out, we would we usually do this thing. Thank you for being on this shit show of a podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's I a love developed being here. shit show. It now. really is, it's and I love the cave. Yeah, the cave is nice. Yeah. Things have developed. Um, but to refer back to like more of your story, you have graced us with your presence before, which was amazing. <laughs> I, that's actually one of my favorite shows that we've ever done because it was like. Two hours of that show that we never aired. Oh God, that was remember? long. I do remember. Yeah. Um, Nick may ha still have that on like I, a lost I, tape. I do. It was all. It was a, a whole conversation that you wanted to record about future plans, right? Which oh, never yes. actually happened. Which may actually happen one day, but not, have not happened yet. Right. And um, that was a great episode. So if you want to refer back to like more story about how this all got here, um, what episode number is it, Nick? He doesn't know. Searching, he, he searching, searching. I know, I know. Beep, boop, There's beep, a little pinwheel. What's the AOL sound? That would be so um, good. Oh, man. It's too fast. Yeah. I, and it's too fast. I, I can't And there's a whole, like, yeah. <laughs> thing in the <laughs> That's so good. 
<laughs> Insert sound for AOL Messenger. <laughs> Loading now. This would have been... 18? Um, it must have been, it must have been 18. Okay. 18 or early 19. How insane. Right? What? A lot of things. A lot of things have happened. 20 what? 18. 18. No. That's no insane. Yeah, I think it had to be. Shit. There. That was the uh, October 4, 2019 episode. 19. 2019. October, October. 19. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're back. This was yeah. October what? 4. October 4. Oh, so we recorded... Um, but not Maybe not in October. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, the fall. Okay, so <clears throat> you told me about this a few months ago. Yes. More yes. than a few months ago, I Yes, think. I forgot. <laughs> right, you told me about this more than a few months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me the story behind the book. Okay, so essentially the story behind the book is my grandfather's story. First of all, he, he taught me to bake bread and then told me the family story while we were doing that. But his story is essentially he escaped three tyrannies. He escaped Franco's Spain when he was 13 years old, crossed the Pyrenees Mountains on foot with his brother, who was 15 at the time, like over the mountains and into France, gets to France. He's without family. They're young, so they get put into foster care, both of them. And then World War II hits. Hitler comes. They have to escape again. Wow. They leave on a boat with a bunch of um, Jewish kids who are running away, from, you know, for their life. Right. And um, it's the same ship because I've done a lot of research on this that uh, Vladimir Nabokov leaves the the month after, and then that's the last ship time that that ship sails. Wow. Uh, he goes to Ellis Island. He gets to Ellis Island, and I've seen his name on the wall because he told me where it was, and I, I went to go find it, and that was amazing. Um, and he tells them with his brother, they're like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna know what accent this is, and we can't tell them we're Spanish, and you know, Andalus is close enough to Cuban, so we're Cuban. They lie. All their papers are changed to their Cuban, so that they don't get sent back to Spain. They get to Cuba, and then he becomes the head of a baker's union, of a hospitality union. Eventually, like he studied architecture, but essentially he works with panaderos a lot and he sees that communism is coming. He's seen what this looks like twice before and they are fighting it from the inside. His brother <coughs> ends up in jail for nine years and he escapes. His brother went with him. This yeah, whole, everywhere. This whole All, the whole travel. The whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The journey. They were yeah. together. Yeah. The whole thing. So then he leaves. He has to leave Cuba. As we all know what happened in Cuba. Castro comes, he leaves, um, he escapes. That story is, I mean, insane. I can tell you as much of that as you want, but it's crazy. Like, rooftop of a Venezuelan embassy, eating mamoncillo, surviving for three days in the rain kind of thing. Wow, with mamoncillos, huh? Going in through a window. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of meat on those I know, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, that's the story that I heard growing up and, like, while we were making bread. And then... I wanted to tell it and I wanted to collect more of it. So when I was 12, I started to interview him. And when I was 22, when yeah. Man, the wherewithal of a 12 year old to be like, <laughs> I want to interview my, my grandfather. Yeah, my grandfather. To like yeah. document things at 12. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I had that tape because it was like old school, you know, like press was record it a talk on boy? the. 
It was like, you know, the little cassette, the whole, the handheld, like, cassette. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, rewind, go again, play. (laughs) It was a whole thing. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was 22, I was like, okay, I saved some money. I just graduated from college. I'm going to go backpacking in Spain because that's where, you know, I have family. I'm going to see them, the whole thing. And he goes, I'm going to go with you. He's eight years old, and he goes backpacking around Europe with me. Wow. He's 80. 80. Yep. Thanks to our sponsor, Aganorsa Leaf Cigars. Aganorsa Leaf is renowned throughout the world for its signature flavor that possesses all the great attributes of Nicaraguan terroir, along with classic Cuban aroma and flavor. Aganorsa Leaf is pleased to announce a brand new edition of Guardian of the Farm, Cerberus, named after the mythical three-headed hound that stood watch at the gates of Hades. This exciting new Nicaraguan puro uses 100% Aganorsa Leaf tobacco and is wrapped in Aganorsa's new Corojo 2012 cover leaf, which adds a level of complexity to the blend, adding light spice and a rich, smooth body to the blend. When you smoke one of our world-class blends, you will experience the difference between ordinary tobacco and Aganorsa leaf. That's why we say our leaf is our strength. Learn more about Aganorsa leaf and use their store locator and find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at www.aganorsaleaf.com. The two of us smoke Aganorsa leaf cigars often. We also offer them to a lot of our guests, like, for example, Dave Arvello, who every time I post a picture of a, a Cerberus mentions to me in my DMs or in a text how cool the band is, which it actually is a pretty slick-looking band. Um, but also, I just want to note, a little personal anecdote here, so it's not all totally straight-up red. I can say that uh, Michael Beltran will absolutely not only vouch for the quality of Aganorsa cigars, yeah. but you met a uh, Miami legend and handed him an Aganorsa cigar. I did meet uh, uh, a Miami legend. I was smoking nearby Alonzo Morning, and we had a conversation about cigars, and he handed me one of his, and I went inside, I bought this exact same cigar, and I handed Alonzo Morning this Aganorsa cigar, and I said, try this, thank me later. I mean, if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Aganorsaleaf.com Introducing the newest line from Jura State Cigars. 20 Acre Farm is a complex, refined, and medium body cigar with a super oaky and cedary notes accompanied by a whisper of white pepper and a bright hint of citrus. Built at La Gran Fabrica, Drew Estate in Nicaragua using a velvety, and I mean velvety, Ecuadorian Connecticut shade grown wrapper. Under that wrapper is a sun-grown Habano binder and a filler blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Esteli and Jalapa in perfect balance with the opulent and majestic Florida sun-grown leaf. Florida sun-grown is also the name of the farm where that tobacco is lovingly grown and harvested by Jeff Borshowicz, who's the guy you see in this video playing behind us, uh, on his pristine 20-acre plot of land near the central Florida town of Claremont. I have actually been to that farm, along with plenty of other cigar tobacco farms in Mexico, Central America, and the Dominican Republic, and what Jeff, who, by the way, is a very nice guy, there's actually a cigar box signed by Jeff hanging on my wall. Uh, what Jeff is doing there is super legit. Uh, so it's always cool to see products like his, which is the only premium cigar tobacco grown in Florida, um, 
in products from a company like Drew Estate. Plus, 20 Acre Farm being a Drew Estate product means it's the creation of Master Blender and Pancom podcast guest Willie Herrera. Support our guests and sponsors. Get it online. Ask your local cigar shop about 20 Acre Farm by Drew Estate. Learn more about Drew Estate and use their store locator to find a cigar shop near you that carries their products at DrewEstate.com. That's right. I'm probably going to smoke one of those right now. I, what are we waiting for? He's 80 and I'm 22 at that time. And we like hit all the spots that he had been telling me about, you know? And we see Pedro, his brother, and everything. Like just he told me everything, but I was there like on the ground, you know, which was a totally different thing. And we have this thing where he, he we were on this like rinky dinky dinky train, like old. It was probably from La Época of the Civil War. You so know the what Metro I mean? Rail. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And he was like he kept saying, Este es el tren de la muerte, este es el tren de la muerte and it was like very he was just going back there and I was like, Okay. So I gathered a lot of the story on that trip. All to say that this is a kid's picture book that doesn't exactly have all of that stuff, right, of course <laughs> but it, it's infused with it. Mm-hmm. It's in the bread. Yeah. So when, when did the idea to like actually do this happen? 2016. I oh. did it in 2016. Um, I know that it was 2016 because it was the year that I was getting married. So I have like, a, I know exactly where I was while I was, I was drawing pictures of it while I was writing it. Even though these are not my illustrations, this is... I was going to say, illustrations-wise, where does this come from? This is a guy named Tim Palin, who is... I love his illustrations. I, I think he did a great job, and he asked me... You can see, actually... I don't know if you see this, the little cloth and also the Cuban bread thing that is very specific to us. He had something else on it first, and he showed it to me, and I was like, so it's not really that Cuban bread is not like that. It has very specific lines on it, and this is what it looks like, and I showed him all these photos... He changed it. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he asked for pictures of my grandfather, like everything. So if you wrote it in 2016 and now we're in 2022, tell me the journey between those six years yeah. to make it like what it is now. Yeah, so essentially in 2016, I write it and I'm like, okay, I picture books are super specific. You have to have 32 pages. They're kind of like a bunch of, they're really snobby in are the they? picture book world. Yes, it's a very specific world. And, um, so I wrote it and I was like, my agent wasn't quite sure what to do with it. So she was like, I don't know. She literally said, I don't know what to do with it. I don't, I'm not sure what to do. So I kind of put it away because that's never a good thing when the agent doesn't, it's not going to go anywhere, you know? So I put it away and uh, like, yeah, in maybe two years ago now, two years ago now, someone sent me a call from a publisher. Like, hey, these people are looking for new manuscripts and they're looking specifically for Latinx stories, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. <clears throat> um, Nick loves that term. I know, I know. Nick loves we, the we Latinx all love term. It. We all love it so Nick, much. you love the Latinx term. I'm really more of a Latin Z guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Well, at least it's not Latin A. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> is that a thing? Too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is? I'm not woke, so yeah. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, this is like like Latin and then ending with an E Latin. pronounced like Latine. Instead of Latino or Latina, it's Latine. Yeah. 
Okay, anyways, it's not, it's back to hard. like the actual meat of what's happening here. <laughs> so then what I, I'm like, okay, actually this publishing house looks really cool. So I submitted and they chose it as the book that they were going to put out. And then from there, it became pretty smooth in terms of like they hooked me up with a publisher. I mean, with a, with an illustrator. And we went from there. And then like, yeah, like I said, like two years after that, it was published. So it's a long long journey i mean everything that's created wise <laughs> i feel like to actually end up yeah for people to see it takes yeah. years to happen totally i mean how long is that 2016 to 2022 six years yeah yeah six yeah. years yeah. but i mean so many years before that actually mm-hmm. in, in the making of it mm-hmm. and then for you to put it away in 2016 yeah for it to be like where it is now yeah so maybe eight ten years yeah. probably yeah that's pretty it's incredible forever. yeah so what what are the things here like, I mean, 32 illustrations, you said? 30, there's 32 pages, usually, in uh-huh. a book. And, yeah, every page is illustrated. Um, and it's it's usually kids' books are under a 1,000 words. So you have to condense the story. Into, oh, which is so hard. It, yeah, it's not that easy. It's Con- not that easy. Condensing a story, like, in any time frame for, yeah. like, anything that's meaningful, especially something that's, like, so... And, yeah. So deep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh would you obviously i know this is a kid's book Mm -hmm. wouldn't this story have legs as like an actual for sure yeah so i mean like i have i have the first draft of a screenplay um of my grandfather's story and oh man that would be beautiful yeah Yeah. i'm like waiting for i could just like smell a room full of like bread and like things that are happening and like yeah yeah moment ceos and things and all the stories yeah 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 it's it's kind of like it's so much that happens that in writing the draft of the screenplay i'm like maybe this is a limited so there's that process now of like what is this visually you know like the adult version of this and if i were going to write this as a book like for adults i would do the the backpacking trip right as an addition to or the the story like a separate like a you know like a non-fiction memoir kind of thing mm-hmm. that i could do as just like that's the the starting point of telling his story so when you decide that you're going to do like an illustrated book for kids what's the thought process of like what are you trying to accomplish with that for me the most important thing i can grab this right yeah okay i mean i hope so it's yours (laughs) the most important thing in this book for me is oh here we go that's not the most important thing, but I, mean, I turned to the. Adorable, though. It is. It is adorable. <laughs> it's getting there, but this is the thing. So, like, he talks about all the different breads that that we make. So we make the baguette first when they're in France, and then we start to make the Cuban bread. And he talks about the Cuban story. But the fact that this is in a book, so he's talking about Cuba, and he's like, you know, I ended up in Cuba, and I didn't because in 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 Spain and France we we sang opera, but in Cuba was a the conga and danzón and the huaracha and all this stuff and then the little girl asks like why did you have to leave and this for me is huge that it says because i stopped feeling free he said papan said there's someone in charge of cuba that didn't let him say what he wanted or pray like he wanted or even sing like he wanted that's why papan and pedro left etc etc and then it goes on into like why he won't leave here but that seems so silly yeah, but, but it, I mean, it's the root of, like, why we're all here. Yeah. And, like, it was a huge thing for publish, publishers are like, oh, that's that's a lot. And I'm like, you know, it's these things that are just, like, 
the truth that don't end up in books, you know? And I, it was important for me that that ended up in a kid's book. And now I'm like showing this to kids and there's kids that come up to me and they're like, can you tell me more? Why is there a bad leader in Cuba? Because they're interested. And that to me is like, wow, this opens up a whole other conversation for kids and their parents and an understanding of an island that they might not, you know, otherwise right. hear what the mainstream narrative is telling them, you know? <clears throat> so I think important. that uh, I think it's pretty powerful to be able to tell kids that mm -hmm. early. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting too, like depending who buys this book and what part of the country or the world or whatever. Yeah. And when they're reading this book to their kids, if they process it, it Correct. Like that statement also, because they probably don't know either, yes. yep. which is incredibly powerful also. Yeah. Yes. You know, I mean, I think the ideology <clears throat> of Cuba outside of South Florida is very different than kind of like what we live. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think it's going to teach two different types of people, Yeah. you know, a child and a grown up. Yeah. Equally the same thing. Yes. Then I have, you know, like <clears throat> you have always the very first moment of anyone commenting about this book ever was a British guy in a bookshop. And he was like, his response was, and my publisher didn't know what to do with him. She's like, what do you do? I was like, oh, get ready. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all seems very simple to you. But Hashtag positive vibes only. Yes. Um, so he was like, I don't really understand why there's this 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 anti-Castro rhetoric in the middle of this book about bread. <laughs> and I was like, you don't really understand that this is exactly my grandfather's story? Like, this is the story, you know? So I'm like, what? Um, but she was like, why do you respond to these people? So I had to write to her and be like, this is this what I usually agent? say, my publisher. Oh, oh publisher. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, get ready. I know. <laughs> I told her. And Load then, up, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of little things. Also, she was going to... So when I got the first, um, like, the galley of the book, so what it looks like, what it's going to look like before it's printed, it said, in the jacket cover, it said, printed in China. And I was like, are you going to print this in China? Because uh, that's going to be a major problem. <laughs> <laughs> And I was We're like, to get some shit. I was like, oh my God. Um, I, I, in myself, I was in the hospital with my grandmother and my mom. And I was like, mom, uh, and I just, she was like, what is happening? What's going on? I was like, I just, I might have to, okay. So I was like, all right, what is my decision? What am I going to do if they don't change this? Like, I was like, before I even mentioned this to her, I need to know how I'm going in. So I was like, look. In my brain, I was like, if this person is going to print it in China, I'm not going to be able to publish this book because we're talking about three authoritarian regimes and we're not going to print it in another authoritarian regime. So how am I going to do this? So I basically tell her with like, oh my God, it's been since 2016 since this book, you know? And um, she says, well, I mean, we've been printing everything there and it would be a significant amount of money that we would be losing let me think about it. i sent her all these links <laughs> of the story like this is what's happening in china and uh she comes back and she's like i completely understand and we're gonna print it in the u.s and i think it changed her model because the other ones are getting printed in the u.s too mm. so it was this whole conversation that happened 
it was really interesting so she's been awesome the publisher yeah, i mean we um I, I mean the idea of like a publisher like being able to structure the things that you say or do or whatever yeah i i couldn't imagine that you know because like especially us yeah cubans in general like we, yeah we now have the opportunity uh-huh. to say whatever we want so mm-hmm. we want to say whatever we want right but we also want to be able to do what we do for a living yeah right so i mean for you it's writing mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm and for me, it's food. For us, it's talking yeah. here, which we do a lot of. That's very Cuban. <laughs> We're very good at it here, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine, like, someone structuring the things that you're able to say. Like, structuring, like... A publisher oh. being able to, like, you, you can't say this. Oh, but she, she's she been completely, like, you can do... She, she's been completely open. The thing that I didn't want her to do is print the whole book in, in China, you know? So, because it would have been very difficult to face anyone and say, I'm writing a book about anti... Right, and uh, still take their money. Exactly. And still be printed in a place where there's censorship on a daily basis, you know? So, but she completely was great about it. Like, Mm. she was awesome, which is not all publishers. No. No. I couldn't imagine that, that that's the case. Yeah. Is this already like live? Mm-hmm. This is live and in effect. Yes, this is this is up and running. This is up and running. Uh, I'll I'll note that I I bought this copy and another one at uh, Books and Books. Oh, I love that. But I'm yes. sure I'm sure there are other places. Is is it on Amazon? So it's not. Yeah, it's at Books and Books. Anywhere you buy books, just as anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere you buy your books, <laughs> you can buy this book. But if you're in Miami, Books and Books is great. They've been amazing, super supportive. Um, I'm gonna be at the book fair, and Amazon, of course, has it. And we'll we'll probably put like a, an Amazon affiliate yeah. link so we can, you know, yeah, get our dirty little podcast pause. Amazing on that. Also, because uh, Amazon um, reviews, if you like it, review it on Amazon. Yeah, review that thing, please. Yeah, reviews yeah. are a thing. They are. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting place to be in. Yeah. So. Now that you've done one, do you plan to do more or no? I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I kind of fell into kids writing, you know? Like, I wasn't... I write for adults all the time. Like, that's, you know, what I was doing forever. And then somehow started writing for kids and ended up, like, writing for Sesame Street and, you know, kids shows and stuff. And so that led into having a voice for this thing. And I feel like... It's important. And now I have kids and like they pick it up and they're like, oh, Papan. <laughs> they, I love that. They know, you know, That's and adorable. they look in the back and my, my, and my son is like, mommy, this is you, but this is not Poppy, the illustrator. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of the illustrator in the back. And I'm like, no, it is not Poppy. That's not Poppy. Everyone I stand next to is not Poppy. But it's so funny because he, he looked at it for a while and he was like, is it? I'm like, no, it's not. No, no. <laughs> like at all. No, definitely not. <laughs> they're very cute. And you read these to your kids? Yeah, and they they love it. Oh yeah, they come to me with it and they ask me to read it. It's really cute. That's it's amazing. Very cute. Yeah, and my daughter picks it up, looks at it. They get very excited about the picture, like seeing the picture. You know. Well, I mean, I mean, the illustrations are great, they but also are. for yeah. I mean, I could imagine that they will grow up to have like more of a connection with yeah. this. Yeah. So yeah. it's probably incredibly meaningful. Yeah. 
So you plan to do more? Yeah, I mean, I hope to do a few of them. I have a few ideas in my brain for the kids. Connected to what? The next ones are not are not Cuba related. I think they're more like like I was a super super anxious kid, mm. like super stressful. I'm an anxious adult, exactly. so I get it. <laughs> we need ways to relax, so I'm I'm working something around that. Like, how do you get a kid to relax? You know, when they're like a worry wart. Yeah. Yeah. I could I couldn't tell you the answer to that. I don't yeah. have any kids, so I don't even know what to, where to I start know. with that. I know. Well, my mom made up like she would sing me a relax song, so I'm thinking like literally a relax song. <laughs> uh, so I'm thinking I'm working something around that. Um, yeah. So that's that's one idea. There's a couple. So after 2016, when did you see like the first draft of illustrations and like this put together? Last year. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow. 2021. Yeah. That's a, that's like incredible. Yeah, it's long. What was the thoughts, feelings of everything, like seeing this, which is such an elongated yeah. story, but just like compressed to 32 pages? Yeah. I mean, I like you write it and it's a thousand words and you write it in what you think is going to be the page breaks, right? So like, I think this is going to be on this page and another one on this one. and um, But... It was it was insane to me that the year I find out that it's coming out and that I know it's coming out is the year my grandfather's dying, you know. So I was like a little bit relieved and very sad mm-hmm. that he couldn't actually see the dedication in it. That was like because right. it's dedicated to him and my grandmother. And then my grandmother completely broke and has dementia now, and she's like sometimes she holds it and she's like, oh my god, we're there. And then she, she'll, like, have it in her hands forever. And then, of course, she'll forget, but it'll come back. And right. that's that that's of great value, too. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a sadness that we couldn't do it earlier, you know? I mean, there's also a lot of strength in saying, like, the story has lived. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, from yeah. the Cuban story, I mean, that's yeah. pretty much everything, right? Like, everything we do is, like, keeping the story alive. Yeah. Which means a ton also mm-hmm. i just think it's um i don't know i mean it's pretty powerful to have that kind of story i mean now it's in pages it lives forever yeah ideally ideally you know it yeah. lives forever so yeah. i think that that's very cool and you said the next ones you have in your brain are not cuba related the kids ones probably not anxious related <laughs> Which maybe is Cuba related. Yeah. Well, that's rooted. That's a different. That's a. a You could you could visit the second part of this episode for all the anxiety Cuba related. Where where it comes from? Where do you become this anxious child? Oh Uh, man, there's a lot involved into that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I. I, I, me not being involved with it, 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 I'm super proud to see it on pages and to see like a story elongated for kids to read and yeah. even just like the small uh, two pages that you read, like, yeah, that's powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I just think it, from what I said before, it's like powerful to the point that I think the parents not going to know what to do with that depending on what part of the country they're in. Yeah. And the kid is going to learn that in a very early age. Yeah. So who knows when that rings again yeah as they grow up i i think that the the response so far has been really good because it's been like from people who are reading it like from people that have been like read it and reposted on instagram and like that kind of strangers all over the country 
um, because they're like, oh, I can be in the kitchen with my kids and or my niece and nephew or my whatever and we can be telling our story you know and that gets passed on i mean you know the way food works <laughs> i mean the story is like all we really have right yeah, it's yeah. like to yeah i think that this like the stories that we tell now the stronger we are and the more we are like persistent about them and how we tell them and like putting them on pages yeah whatever kind of page it is, is incredibly important. Yeah. You know, whether it's food or if it's actually like words or illustrations on a page, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I find no like bigger purpose for me personally, like as to doing that, yeah. you know, it's, it's incredible. So, yeah. well, and then for also you, the stories all over your dishes all the time. Yeah. Not all of them, but so, like, right. you know, like the, I would say a large portion of them mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, but it's also, and I tell people this shit all the time. It's like food is an interesting place. Just like a, a kid's book could be an interesting place. It's like some people go out to eat just to satiate an appetite. Yeah. Some people go out to eat because they want to know a story. Right. Not every guest and not every diner is the same way. Yeah. Same way as like someone reading a kid's book to their kid. Yeah. They're just trying to put their kid to bed mm -hmm. as opposed to like maybe they, they're actually trying to teach their kid something. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not always the same journey for everybody. Yeah. So, but if I can hit one out of 10, I'm good. Yeah. And, and you can keep coming back to it. Like you can get it on many levels, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, I mean, I knew that I had books that you would that I would read and then five years later I'd read it and then I'd be like oh yeah. I missed that yeah oh that's what was happening and then you go again and there's a whole other level and the same thing and this is this is about food it's about bread you know so I think the same thing happens with making something in a kitchen you mm -hmm. know you're like oh this is what he was doing oh this is what he was doing oh 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 you know like you keep unraveling the story and the making of the thing yeah. But it's just like you said, is like as you develop as a human, uh -huh. like your relationship with food develops, mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah. you know, as I go through, I mean, area turns seven in January. So like as I go through dishes that we've had on the menu for six, seven years, yeah. the relationship I have with them is very different as to when I did them seven years ago. Yeah. It's because we grow as humans. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that this is a kid's book. Yeah. I mean imagine the lifespan of that mm -hmm. imagine if they read this to their kids yeah i mean that's incredibly powerful yeah. like that's there's so much behind that so yeah i don't know there's it's, questions there's like there's questions that kids are asking because it's like what the the bread says so like the bread talks right and they're like how does the bread talk mm. and that's really beautiful because they're like wait what is it trying to say to me mm. what's what's it saying you know and it's like the they're really literal at one age at, at, at when they're really little, but then they start to understand symbolism. Right. And then that starts to unfold. And they're like, oh, OK, <laughs> like there's all kinds of breads. There's like challah in here. There's all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. And there's uh, at the beginning, there's like um, a little bit that says that encourages kids to 
make something like make their own stuff in the well which is great yeah i love that like here's what you do after here's what you do before reading here's what you do after reading here's what you do during reading so like here are some questions like what you know about about baking or whatever and then get a recipe go to your parents where does this come from like i was talking to um with another writer that's indian american and she was like yeah i remember cooking with my with my mother all the time i mean that's where half my stories come from you know mm. so it's just it's all layer i i also think just apart from like our cultural story mm -hmm. the aspect of people doing things with their hands yeah. and like doing things period yeah is a fleeting concept yeah right like being able to touch food mm -hmm. understand food yeah from a bigger aspect than just like i eat food yeah you know because like yeah you know like now you could fucking get food from anywhere in yeah. 35 minutes. Yeah. Maybe 25 if you play if you pay priority. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it's just one of those things that it's like understanding what it actually takes to physically do something. Yep. Gives you such a different connection to food and bread is such a lost art form. Oh my god. And it, that was the that was the revelation to me when I was a kid. I was like, "Oh, this is like days." Yeah. <laughs> right. This is this is like I, that's why I was like, oh, thank God he's telling me stories because this is a lot of waiting and it's a lot of work. Yeah, and there's a lot of like development and journey in that yeah. work. Yeah, you know, like I'm a terrible bread baker. Whew, dreadful. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> so like when I watch, you know, our pastry department actually put out the bread that they put out because we're we're not a bakery, right? Yeah, it's we a are, totally different thing. We're yeah. a restaurant company, but they still put out like incredible bread yeah. for several locations. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. And it, I like every time I, I watch the whole thing happen, it's, yeah. it's incredible. And they're like incredibly talented. They're so patient, but so like driven yeah. to make it great. So for a child to understand that. Yeah. That it's like, it's not just Wonder Bread, and I love Wonder Bread, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do love Wonder Bread. Yeah. It's not just it's not just all Wonder Bread, yeah. and it's not just all going to get like a $1.50 loaf of Cuban bread that's only going to last five hours anyways. Yeah. It's, there's so much time that yeah. goes behind it. It's I think it's incredible. So, yeah. you know, I think the relationship between uh, children and food yeah. is something that should be focused on so much in like the future of the world. Yeah. Because I think we're going to lose a lot with that. There was this kid at one of the, the readings that I did, and she was like, well, I made challah with my grandmother. And um, let me see if I can remember how to do it. And she just went through the steps. In front. Oh. She was like four years old. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. She remembered everything. And then she said something that I hadn't heard, and I was like, oh, maybe this. I'm going to look this up, which is that they put it out in the sun at some point. And I was like, oh. I wonder if that's just something in her family mm -hmm. or if it's part of a tradition or what that is. But now I have to look it up. And like this little kid, you know, just made that with her grandmother and now set it in this classroom. And now it's I have it. Right. You know, that's awesome. But it's so interesting, too, that food is um, so focused on like tradition and family. Yeah. That everyone does things differently. Yeah. 
Okay. Like just totally off subject. I mean, do you put raisins in your piquetti or no? Yes. Okay, me too. Yeah. But some people would totally say that, that we're nuts. I know, I know. But that's a very focused like family thing, like how yeah. you grew up. My yeah. my grandparents don't do that. They I, don't? No, but I do it. Mm. I know, well, and I love it. Yeah. Well, the I'm a vegetarian, but I'm also the person that keeps the lechon and the cajachina alive in my family because tradition and story. <laughs> right, which I love. Actually. But I and I remember the whenever we make picadillo in my house, it's the aceitunas, the olives, and the and the raisins. Like that's the whole. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're gonna come to the end of this first part of the bread. <laughs> Welcome to the first part. We are now going to start proofing the bread for the second part <laughs> of the episode, which is going to be talking about things that are very politically related and just like we're going to have a good time. Also, on the second part, I recommend everyone to buy this book on Amazon. And I would actually recommend if you're in Miami to go to Books and Books and to buy this book at Books and Books. Don't just buy it on Amazon. You could also buy it on Amazon. That's. <laughs> But I recommend to go to Books and Books and to buy it. Go to Books and Books. Buy it there. Walk across the street. Go to Chugs and buy a coffee. But anyways, that's a different yeah. thing. If you can't, if you cannot get to Books and Books for whatever reason, it's right. datemag.com. And there will be a, a, an Amazon link there. If you have to give Amazon some of your money, also send some of your money our way. Go through yeah. there. Um, $1 a month for Patreon. Uh, just in the interest of, uh, since some people might just hear this episode mm-hmm. and not... The next one, let's do. We'll, we'll save uh, parting recommendations. Sure, but shameless plugs. Uh, tell okay. people all the things that they might need to know to to find you and your book and all the things. Okay, so all the things you can find me on Instagram. That's where I post all the events that are coming uh, at Vanessa Garcia Writer, um, and uh, you can get the book on Amazon. I would say leave reviews on Amazon or Goodreads because it tells people that these books matter. Yeah. Good stuff. Michael Beltran. You all the things. All the things. Insert song here. All the things. All the things. I still got to recommend all my shit. I mean, we've, we've uh, done this 80 do times you already. You nah, it's whatever. No, all the things. All the things. No. <laughs> who knows? Maybe people, are, more maybe people are coming here for the first time. But you know what? Fuck you. All the things. All the things. At this point, just all the things. Are all the things. Bangkok Podcast on all the social media things. DadeMag.com slash Bangkok Podcast. Um, uh, Patreon.com slash DadeMag. Give us all of your money there. All of it. Uh, except for the money that you spend on right. what the bread says. Yep. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode, which will also be with Vanessa Garcia that we are about to record. And that is all Cuba stuff.